Make it sound like a beer? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, everyone. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're sitting down with Tody. Uh, sir, you are from the BEG, the Bureau of Economic Geology. That's right. Okay. And yep. what do you do for them? I run the, uh, there's a consortium that I run. It's called the Mudrock Systems Research Laboratory. Mudrock's System Research Laboratory for That's the right. BEG. From the BEG, Bureau of Economic wow. Geology. You get to work with uh, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Dr. Scott Tinker. That's right. He's my boss. Is that right? He's the boss. Oh, yeah. He's the man. He is the man. He, well, he, he is the man. That guy is really cool to talk to. Always enjoy the just the engagement with him and the way he thinks about the industry and, and Really how he, you know, he just speaks about geology. He speaks about a very technical, a very complex subject, but he makes it, you know, flow really well. It makes it very logical, non-emotional, right? He's he's very good at presenting. I mean, I, it makes sense why he's running and, and he's doing such a good job at the BEG. And I'm sure they're very happy with him. As yeah, they I agree with you. Yeah, very forward looking. Yeah. Very so how uh, long energy, you... <laughs> energy focused. Yep. How long you been working for the BEG? I've been at the BEG for six years, and I've been at uh, UT Austin for just about 10 years. Whoa, right on. So yeah. PhD geologist? PhD in uh, geology, geochemistry. Really? That's what right. did you do your dissertation on? How'd that go? It was uh, metamorphic petrology. What? <laughs> yeah. Right. I switched from uh, hard rock to soft rock. Oh, man. That's awesome. But using the same tools. So I'm a geochemist. So isotopes were uh, yeah. what I got my PhD on. Wow. So use isotopes for kind of forensics type projects. Sure. Yeah, isotopes. That's the the all elusive carbon uh, that we try to map and figure out why does it change? Why is it, you know, 14 here, 15 over here or whatever. That's... Carbon isotope ratios. Man. Yeah. That's where you lived for your dissertation. That's where I lived for my, my dissertation. And before I got to UT Austin, I was at Los Alamos National Laboratory. Oh, really? And so Doing... I did a lot of... Uh, isotope studies there too some of it i can't tell you about there's okay. a lot of classified work is that right <laughs> yeah but it's still it's it's one of these examples that you can use science to solve a lot of you know questions or answer questions that's in a right. lot of different fields that's right that's right metamorphic petrology you know that uh one thing that we've been studying at the research institute at magma Chem in arizona that i'm a part of uh is a graphene deposit we have graphene graphene hmm. And it's a huge deposit comes right to the surface and uh and it's a part of this massive overturned geologic setting like the grand canyon section is upside down in this part of arizona the oh, grand wow. canyon section is upside down and so what we found was that the more metamorphic there's a grade to the metamorphism and the graphene has a sweet spot and it appears maybe even the graphene when the hydrogens change the relationship between the hydrogen and the carbon in the graphite the hydrogen flattens in graphene and makes it a superconductor when it's when it expands it's called graphene and it's a supercapacitor but there's there's a metamorphic story there's a metamorphic control that it's it's it a sweet spot there's a goldilocks you can't be overcooked and you can't be immature in a metamorphic yeah prograding same, setting i mean same issues in oil and gas right thermal maturity has such a big effect and wow. when you're doing it in the um, or studying metamorphic deposits, it's just similar processes, just higher temperature. So it's Man. they're chemistry problems. That's right. Chemistry drives physics. Chemistry drives physics. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I love sitting with chemists. I love geochemists because they say the truth. They speak the truth, man, because you're looking at the elemental makeup of things and you're doing the product reactant. You're looking at how it balances and how it 
that has to make sense. The natural world has to make sense. It has to calculate. It has to make sense. Physics sometimes doesn't necessarily have to make sense. You just see these reactions and it's, ah, physics is kind of driving physics. You know, the oil comes out, you push it up the line or however that goes. But what's the chemical change from the perfs up the tubing? Where's the paraffin actually coming out? Why is it coming out? How does it go down the line? The chemistry yeah. of, of no, that right. physics is is driving it. Absolutely. Right? You can't cheat uh, thermodynamics. <laughs> <laughs> Toti. So uh, welcome to the PBE podcast. I oh, appreciate, this is a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you joining and, uh, and sharing your experience. When you come to Urtech, you know, what do you when you gear up for Urtech, you know, what's your mindset coming in? What do you come here for? And what typically are the are the main takeaways for, for you at Urtech? Oh, that's a great question. Well, so I'm a geologist, geochemist and Urtech's mostly on the uh, production engineering side. Yeah. Of it. So sometimes, you know, it's really just to hear the engineering side of it. Right now, we can do a lot of work on the geology. We can understand the, the geological heterogeneities, but really trying to understand how those heterogeneities can get kind of brought into the engineering world. Yeah, I think it's fascinating. So honestly, I come here to listen and just to try to understand what you know, how people would use our data wow. and how people would try to kind of harness geology. Man. So today you're you're here for the rest of the afternoon. Are you going to the stratigraphic after party? I think I might. I think I might. I'm going to head back up to Austin uh, later this evening. Right. So, oh, okay. But we'll, maybe we'll base that on the uh, stratigraphic party outcome. Nice <laughs> deal. We'll have a beer about it. Uh, now, have you met Joe Rogan in Austin yet? Have I have not. Uh, he hasn't come to the BEG and checked out the rocks? No, I haven't really been talking geology with Joe Rogan. Come on, man. I that know. guy, like, Joe, what are you doing? You're sitting there next to the BEG of Texas, where all the rock in the subsurface of Texas is basically stored and looked at, and you haven't even gone through there. You haven't smelled the rocks. You haven't sprayed it with some water and asked some questions. Like you need to do a podcast about that, Joe. This is the guy yeah. to do it with. I mean, you're in Texas. You got to talk to a geologist at some yeah. point. <laughs> he has to, <laughs> he moved to Austin. Uh, yeah. He needs to talk to the railroad commissioner and he needs to talk to geologists. <laughs> uh, I agree. Uh, so before school and or well, so let's rock it back completely. How did, how did you progress from, you know, young man, who inspired you to go geology? How did that happen? That was, so that happened uh, my freshman year in college. Uh-huh. I went to a liberal arts college in uh, Southern Michigan. Whoa. And I did kind of what you do. You know, you take a class in microeconomics and you take a science class and you take an English class and well, it was liberal <laughs> wow. arts college. So I had to take a philosophy class. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, classes are classes, but the, the geology professor, um, BLT, Big Larry Taylor was his name. He was a glaciologist. Whoa, and that's a good place to be a glaciologist. It's, it is a good place to be a <laughs> glaciologist. He showed up and whether he meant it or not, he came in on his first day with, um, that was back in the day with uh, those 35 millimeter slides. Oh man. So he had a carousel, slide carousel. Oh man, he's all excited carrying this thing in. And he uh, gave stories and showed pictures of him crossing the Greenland ice sheet in a snowcat. And they showed this one area where they're trying to go over this. Uh, they knew there was going to be a crevasse. And so they had to tie or chain these different oh snowcats together just in the fear that, you know, if one of them went down, it would hold the other one together. Yeah. Oh, my God. And gosh. so it was a combination of, you know, the stories he gave demonstrating how, you know, you got to go in the field. And yeah. in his case, look at the ice, you know, in our case. Yeah. Look at the rocks. Yeah. Well, ice is a rock. I'll, I'll go with that. Ice is basically yeah. a, it's a, it's a water a rock. Yeah, it's mineral. 
it's part of the natural world and and that's that's it that's usually what catches everybody's attention is like wait a minute yeah i don't want to be in the office i kind of want to be outside and most part of petroleum geology is kind of done on a computer and you are inside but what a great job like for me my experience at least in the oil patch was yeah, we, we, we did sit down and we did collect all the data like Geomark and everything. And we collaborated with the BEG and we pulled all that information in in an area to try to understand the geologic complexity and what was driving the reservoir. But it eventually all came down to going to the outcrop. Yeah, no, we that's went right down to Marathon. We looked at those crazy thrusting from the Awachita, the timing of it, the direction of it. And you're looking at these cracks in the mountains. They're healed. Some are open and they're all going in similar directions when you get your you know brunting and out and you're 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 mapping these things and all of a sudden this big regional outcrop is breaking and cracking what appears to be the same way in the subsurface where you're drilling yeah exactly no that's the right way to think of it you're going wow you know you got to tie that in and all the data in the world all the logs all that other stuff that we had i think there was nothing more powerful for the company from ceo to accountant all that that us going out there, the geo team, and you know, doing the rocks, taking pictures with people, and hiring an expert in the area to come and teach us about that. And that experience, I think, was uplifting to the whole company, and it had such a big impact on why are we drilling the way we are, what direction is it going, what do we, what do we expect from our fracks, all that stuff came from getting out and looking at the That's rocks. Right. That's right. And you brought it up already. It's you know, a lot of the geology we're doing, the Urtec type geology, is subsurface. So we don't necessarily have the advantage of going to the outcrop. We can go to the guads, you know, we can look at the some of the analogs. Yeah. But, you know, we don't have the ability to go look at the rock. So we have to rely on looking at the core. Yeah. And that's what, you know, just like you said, you've got to look at the rock. Some of the, the great geologists, um, you know, my mentor when I got to the BG, Steve Rupel, he said oh, it all the man, time. The late like, Steve Got to put your nose on the core. You got to look at the core. <laughs> right. So we, we carry that, you know, we still carry that flag around. Oh, man. Right on. So when you got to the BEG, that was your direct manager. That was kind of your first mentor uh, at the BEG, Steve Rupel. You worked, yep. you worked hand in hand with him. Yep. Steve hired me wow. and uh, hired me to be a geochemist. What was he like? He was, you know, he's uh, well-skilled. Yeah. Uh, definitely, you know, a man that spent a lot of time looking at a lot of different core. He appreciated the, uh, the uncertainties that we're, you know, dealing with to this day. And he was very good at pushing, you know, when you came up to him and you had some newfound idea, like you oh, solved it. Yeah. He was very, very good at just continually asking questions on it. Oh man. You know, to Attacking the point where all directions. Yeah, you'd start questioning again what you're thinking that's and right. it just makes you think. And those are the good ones. You know, that's what that's what all the good ones do. They make you think. Make you think. Wow. That's spot on. We were talking about that last night. You know, like someone was talking about this podcast and they're like, Yeah, you you, you do a good job at at sitting back and listening and then thinking about what's actually being talked about there for a second and and then everyone you get that thinking moment and that's literally what we talked about last night same same concept with with just a good discussion is you know that's thinking about it in a different way in a new way and then for attacking it from all angles and sharing that information sharing those ideas and not being afraid not being afraid to hey maybe maybe it is a stupid idea but it's an idea let's think about it and then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, that's not stupid anymore. You know, that was, that was uh, pretty progressive. You know, that was almost, you know, anyway. And there, uh, yeah, there's phrases that uh, that you can use around that. Because, yeah, you, you have to give someone enough leverage to just or ability to go out there and try new things. Right. Otherwise, yeah. you're not going to learn new advances. Yeah. And I can remember a, a 
few comments Steve made where I was, you know, trying to progress in this, this one direction. And I remember him saying it, he's like, I don't agree with you and it doesn't seem right, but other people seem to like it. And you might as well go with it for now. <laughs> so keep trying it. So it's good. That. I mean, you gotta, you know, you always have to go into a new hypothesis, questioning it, but also, right. you know, trying some new unexplored areas. And then, like we said in the beginning of this, it, it's, this is a geology problem. That's right. You know, pulling oil out of the ground is a geology problem. I love that. Uh, all right. Or last maybe question. it's an engineering solution to a geology problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. I like that. Uh, very PC there. Uh, very in <laughs> integrative. I deserve tech. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. Uh, my last question for you is I'm, I'm curious to what the BEG is thinking about and developing in regards to the resource management of Texas. Like that's where you guys are really intimately tied. Operators fund BEG, the state funds BEG. Where do you see the school and the university really developing the most in the next three to five years? Is it carbon sequestration? Is it oil and gas? Is it mining metals, brine lithium? Like what is what seems to be on the horizon for BEG in the next three to five years? Yeah, great question. And the answer is all the above. Wow. And we are putting, uh, alloc you know, allocating resources towards it. Geothermal, all of it. So geothermal. Yeah, we have a, a, a new directorate or a new um, associate director, Ken Wizian, who's leading up a, a geothermal program. So we're exploring uh, geothermal throughout Texas. Uh, you already mentioned the um, STAR program, yeah. which is a state of Texas. And that's looking at resources in, I mean, they're looking at resources across Texas and across all plays, but they have uh, growth in uh, hydrogen storage ah. and they have uh, growth in uh, critical minerals. So nice. looking for kind of new deposits yeah. that might be on the horizon for critical minerals. On the um, carbon capture front, uh, Sue Havorka has been running the GCCC, Gulf Coast uh, Carbon. Oh, she's going to kill me. <laughs> I forget the last C. <laughs> capture. Capture. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sue. <laughs> Probably right. And she, you know, Sue's been running that program successfully for many years. Wow. And that's looking at uh, new ways to store carbon. Yeah. And also utilize carbon. So it's wow. more than just storing it. It's also utilizing it. And then, you know, the the base is is going to be oil and gas. Yeah. I mean, it's not going away. Yeah. We have to get smarter about how we're um, extracting it. We've got to get smarter about finding it. Mm -hmm. and so that's one of the advantages that the BG has is that we've been around for so long. We you know have three core repositories and we have enormous data sets that we've collected or amassed over the years. And so learning how to use, you know, data analytics and machine learning to bring in this, uh, you know, the expansive data sets. And that's where, you know, some of the efforts that, that I brought forward here is just that, wow. you know, core data is rich. Um, it's isolated. We don't have a lot of core, but for all the core we have, we have just enormous data sets. But how do you take those core data sets and actually apply it to a yeah. reservoir model? Right. And that's, it's, uh, you know, Incredibly easier asked than done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's. You know, my opinion, and you know, there are plenty of opinions out there, but you know, the answer is going to be in the core, but the solution is going to be in taking that core data and applying it to the reservoir models. So wow. there's going to be a lot of advances in the next uh, three to five year time frame right on. to help answer that. Yeah, right on. Very cool. Very exciting. I'm excited to uh, to keep along with that story. How about the earthquakes out in Midland? How, how's the seismic induced seismicity and that whole story? You guys are monitoring a lot of that. Yeah. So there's a, a Scissor and Texnet are two additional groups that are at the uh, BEG. 
that are uh, actively monitoring and trying to understand sources of uh, earthquakes, not yeah. only in the Permian Basin, but throughout the uh, Eagleford Austin wow. Chalk Play as well. Wow. Yeah, and that's clearly, I mean, you look at all aspects of energy and it's, this is where it's, it's difficult to work in this space because it's, it's extracting the, the oil and gas, it's right. extracting the energy, yeah. the costs with that, and there's yeah. good ways to do that and there's bad ways to do yeah. it. Uh, water's always gonna be involved. So yep. you have to understand your water resources. That's right. And you also have to understand um, uh, contamination of water. And then earthquakes come in. It's, yeah. you know, yeah. and then, you know, like, and at the end of it with the uh, gas effluent, you know, we have to understand the carbon side of the budget. Man. It takes a lot of different scientists. Yeah. It's, but we got to push forward. We have project. to, we have to keep pushing. I mean, I heard on the news this morning, Texas set a record. I don't know if it was last week or yesterday in energy use. You know, this little heat wave we're going through right now. Oh, yeah. It's just, you know, we're growing and we're consuming a lot of energy. Holy smokes. Just the grid's on fire. Not literally, but yeah, like it's <laughs> figuratively. Yeah. It, it Don't is. scare people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's too late. I didn't mean that, but somebody already got scared. I'm sorry. Uh, all right. Very cool. Um, uh, yeah. Thank you for what you do at the BEG. And, uh, and yeah, you're, I think you're driving someone that's, I think you're the kind of the next Steve Rupel for somebody, right? You're mentoring these people that are going to push this along. And this is a huge vision. It's a huge project. It's incredibly important. And you, you have uh, a great platform and, and a lot of support, the whole state of support that's rooting you guys on and, and just excited to, to push forward. We support what you do and, and we thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And the support at the BG definitely is, uh, is recognized. Toti, thank yeah, you for the pleasure. BG podcast. Yeah. Nice meeting you. Nice meeting you.